This should be played at high volume. Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. We have a great show for you today. And coming back from last week, we have John Cox joining us. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing as well as always, Boomer Mike. Good to see you again. Doing good. Good to see you. And who survived a hurricane down in the south, we have Jackson Cordray back. Jackson, I'm glad you're doing well and safe, right? Yeah, man, I'm safe. I'm good. I'm alive. Uh, my Seahawks won this past week. Gino is a demon. He is great at football. Dude, I'm hyped. Now, you did say that you didn't care if they lost every other game as long as they beat the Denver Broncos. But, hey, we're, go- we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks here in a few minutes. Oh, dude, I'm excited. But right now, I'd wanted to touch on Thursday night football. First of all, I'm glad we are all safe because – A scary situation happened last week, and it's really taken me just a week to gather my thoughts on this. Seeing Tua Tagovailoa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, or originally he got hurt in the Sunday game against the Buffalo Bills, and he was went through concussion protocol. He got cleared. He returned in that game, but you could tell he wasn't right, and then – The Dolphins had a Thursday night football game against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. And after a scary hit, Tua was down, wasn't moving through two commercial breaks and was transported to a local hospital. And guys, that was one of the most concerning events I have as a football fan watching this sport. And I've been watching this ever since I'd say since I was like six or seven years old and it was a really scary situation, and I'm glad Tua is released out of the hospital. He will miss this weekend's game, obviously. Just want him to get healthy. But we recently had the Pro Bowl game being canceled. They are replacing that with a flag football game and making the Pro Bowl more festivities and games rather than an actual football game. And the ra- main reason for that was player safety. Now, if the NFL... I don't know if this is an out-of-pocket take or not. Again, I don't believe AMI takes are out-of-pocket. But if they want to focus on player safety, as much as I love watching football, I could watch it any day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Friday Night Lights with high school football. As much as I love watching Thursday night football, I think the NFL is going to be forced to reevaluate if they play. And my main thing is if you're – If you're wanting player safety, four or five days is not long enough to recover from a brutal game that you played Sunday. John, I want your thoughts first on this. Do they keep Thursday night football a thing moving forward? Um, I think if if you look at the way it's set up with Amazon owning the exclusive rights to Thursday night football uh, for the foreseeable future, I don't see it going away. I would love to see it go away. Uh, Eventually, I don't think it's the safest thing for the players. And also, you know, if you look at the actual games this year, it's not the the best product either Uh, from an NFL standpoint. These games haven't been the most fun to watch. And uh, I think that's a large result of, you know, giving these guys 
only four days to do what they usually do in seven. Um, I actually had a really good time watching the doubleheader uh, Monday night um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I'd love to see them switch to that where maybe we get a West Coast and an East Coast primetime game on Monday night, something like that, um, and maybe just move to maybe maybe the season opener is always on a Thursday night. You do some playoff games on Thursday nights, but uh, I just think that uh, – giving players enough time to rest is is of the utmost importance and you know it's starting to affect the product now which is good football that's what people come to see but also more importantly it's starting to affect you know players health and you brought up a really good point with the amazon prime deal just wanted to note that that is an 11-year deal that they are they just started and hopefully amazon prime would be willing to you know rethink this as long as they had like primetime nfl games but jackson do you think the NFL should start looking at getting rid of Thursday night football? Well, you know, the NFL is an organization that needs to bring in money, right? Thursday night football brings in money. Is it the safest for players? Like, do I want my team going and playing on a Thursday night? Absolutely not. They just played a, a 4 p.m. game on Sunday. That gives them just a few days because they're not going to practice Wednesday. Wednesday's going to be walkthroughs. They have to, that's forcing them to practice Monday and Tuesday right after the game. And who knows? Maybe you're out of, you know, you're playing an away game, like for the Seahawks, for an example. You're playing an away game in Carolina. You have to fly all the way back to Seattle. That's going to take a day, essentially. Then you have to practice Monday and Tuesday. For safety reasons, it's not safe at all. They need to remove the game absolutely. Like it's not even a not even a debate. But with an 11-year deal with Amazon, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. We're going to have Thursday Night Football for the rest of our lives, most likely, or at least until the end of this deal when they, the players' union negotiates again. But until then, I, I, Thursday Night Football is happening from now on out. Is it safe? Absolutely not. Is it? Will it remain? Yes. Now, of course, money talks, and I'm not – I'm not discounting that because at the end of the day, these people are businessmen and they will they will make the business decision whether it's good for player health or not. But I feel like you could also look at it as there are alternate options for Thursday night football. One of the ideas I thought about, obviously just brainstorming, is we have 18 weeks of an NFL schedule and it wouldn't be the most outrageous thing if players played on Thursday night football, but only following their bye week. Because if you play on Thursday night football, as it is right now, you do have 10, nine, 10 days of rest before your next game. And the big thing is Sunday to Thursday. You only have four to five days, but if you played after your bye week, then that gives you nearly a week and a half before Thursday night game and a week and a half after a Thursday night game to where you could cut down on these injuries. And, John, you talked about the quality. I mean, Tua getting hurt last week. Jonathan Taylor didn't play last night for the Colts, perhaps the best running back in the NFL. This is starting to affect the quality. I don't know if Amazon Prime wants a low-quality product, whether it's making money or not. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Absolutely. I mean – if you move, you know, move it back a week, right? You take this 10-day period or if you extend the NFL season just an extra an extra week, make it 19 weeks, give these guys 2 weeks off, right? 
Because to be fair to an NFL body, going through an 18-week season, 17 games, that's insane to begin with. Not including playing on a Thursday night one week where you only get four days of rest, right? So to extend it just an extra week in general, just the NFL season, and then make sure to only have Thursday night games after you have a bye, that'd be, that'd be huge. Yeah, and, and we could even like work in two bye weeks. I know the play the teams are playing 17 total games out of 18 weeks. But John, do you think that two bye weeks is you know something they can flirt with? Um it does get a little weird. I feel like uh two games, um, but I'm all for player safety. And if also if that makes you know your product better from an NFL standpoint, I mean I, I just went through and kind of looked at the games and what we've gotten from Thursday night games so far. Um, week one was Bills Rams, which was 10 to 31. Uh, the next week we had Chiefs and Chargers, which was a great game, but also we had another star in that league go down, uh, Justin uh, Herbert with a rib injury. Um, obviously he wasn't at 100% for that entire game, um, which, you know, maybe chalk up to just like a weird tackle, but you never know playing on these short schedules. Um, and then we had Steelers Browns, which was 17 to 29. <laughs> and then obviously this last week, uh, Bengals Dolphins 27, 15, you know, it's just, they're just not super exciting to watch. And um, you know, if it's unsafe and it's not a good product, I just, I just don't see the point in keeping it around. But of course you have all those restrictions like the Amazon deal and, and what the players agree to. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's not a good, it's not a good from any decision, really. It's it's a bad product at this point, as well as you know, bad for your players. Yeah, and and somebody who's not performing too bad right now. I know Jackson wants to talk about this as we try to figure out what to do with Thursday night football. But what do we do with the switcheroo we had this offseason? Russell Wilson now a Denver Bronco, and taking his place as Geno Smith in Seattle. And Jackson, I I hesitated to talk about this. I really did. But I know you want to defend Geno over Russell Wilson right now. And over the first four weeks of the season, you might have a case. Uh, I have a case. Not only do I have a case, uh, it's a case for the MVP. The MVP, Gino, is as of right now. Okay, okay, calm down. Take, take it down a notch. Okay, that I'll was, take it that down. was out of pocket. But that Gino's was performing super well, super well, beyond expectations. I was a guy, I want to say this, from the start of this show, just a, a couple of months ago, I said to everyone, hey, guys, Gino's legit. He's going to be a top 25 quarterback in the NFL, right? I said that to everyone. I said he's super accurate under 25 yards, 33 yards, really. He's spectacular in between 18 and 33 yards. I said this guy's phenomenal and like between that range, right? Not only is he leading the league in accuracy, right? He has the highest completion percentage in the league. He has six touchdowns to two interceptions, a rushing touchdown, a thousand yards passing. This dude is, oh, I mean, this guy's amazing. This guy is amazing. He's a top okay. 15 quarterback in the NFL, and it's a shame none of us ever knew that. Now, I was okay. telling everybody before the season started, this guy can play, and not only can he play, he is outperforming Russell Wilson. 
He's going to get an MVP vote before Russell Wilson does. This guy okay. is phenomenal. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I knew that was a mistake. Uh, Jackson dropping the MVP, which, okay, Gino, I'll give you this. He's not making mistakes for the team, okay? And that's big. Like, the completion percentage does help. And that was really, I think, his role coming into the season. Like, hey, this is what you're working with. Just don't throw interceptions. And I feel like Russell Wilson's issue right now is he's having a proven track record. He's a former Super Bowl champion, but he didn't get the reps in the preseason enough to gel with the likes of Jerry Judy, with the likes of Cortland Sutton. His running back, his top running back, Javante Williams, now is out for the season with an ACL injury. Like, Russell Wilson, is, I will take his talent, and give him the chance to turn things around. I get that. I absolutely get that. Here's the thing with Russell, right? Russell bought his way, essentially was begging to be traded from Seattle, right? He handpicked where he wanted to go because he had a no-trade contract. He handpicked his his head coach and the players around him. He wanted to go to Denver. If you're going to go to Denver after begging, begging and begging, demanding you're traded, you got to gel immediately. You can't go two for two. You can't be two and two. I mean, that's as simple as it can be. His QBR this season is 44. He's taken 12 sacks. I've always heard, man, Seattle's got this offense. I mean, this horrible offensive line, right? Horrible offensive line. Michael, you can tell me you've heard that, right? Russell Wilson has no offensive line. I just want to throw out this stat real quick. Geno has taken six sacks. Not only has he taken six sacks, his two tackles are rookies. They're rookies. So, you know, this is a Russell issue. I think a lot of what Russell's issues are are all because of him. It's nothing around him. He, you can't play the victim card year after year. Go to a new team, still play the victim card. At the end of the year, we'll see the Denver Broncos be 8-9 and nine, and them have no first-round pick or second-round pick, and Russell's going to be demanding a new trade or something else. Or, man, we need offensive line. Well, well, I thought Denver had one, buddy. Well, what what's the deal? That's all John, I'm asking. What's the deal, Russ? John, can you uh play mediator with this because I feel like Jackson's not going to give Russell Wilson any credit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Starting at the very beginning, you know, the bar is a top twenty-five quarterback for a guy to be legit um, is a little bit funny. Um, if you look at who Geno's played, he's playing well. He's not making mistakes, but anytime you play the Lions, you're going to put up a lot of points. Lions have worst worst defense in the NFL. Worst in the NFL, no doubt about that. They're bad. Um, you look back on it, you know he beat you know a very poor Broncos team. Um, he beat the Falcons. Very poor Broncos team. They're still two and two. Let's give them their credits. They're still two and two. They're a middle of the pack team. Okay, let's not let's not talk bad about Geno here. Okay, for a Lost. guy everyone doubted, guys Lost two and two. Great touchdown to interception ratio, lots of yards, best completion percentage in the league. Let's not forget that. Sorry, sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll agree. Top mm-hmm. 25. That's just not my metric for a legit quarterback in the National Football League. I guess. Um, you know, he's a guy that you know he's he's not he's not Baker Mayfield. You know, he's a lot better than Baker Mayfield. A lot better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, totally out of pocket to call Geno Smith an MVP. <laughs> 
caliber he's talent. MVP stats. If he had the stats, <laughs> if he has better stats than Tom Brady, and if Tom Brady gets anywhere near an MVP, uh, we're 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 over, bro. We're over. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom Brady or a quarterback like Tom Brady in the National Football League can be the reason you win a football game. Geno Smith will never be the reason you win an NFL football game. That's the difference between a, a legit quarterback and someone like Geno Smith. And uh, moving on to the Broncos and what Russell Wilson is doing there, I think Hackett might be one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. Oh, uh, for sure. At the same time, you got to give Pete Carroll his due for what he was doing with Russell Wilson before, I guess. You know, if you look at the rosters, um, you know, I'm a big Pete Carroll guy. Uh, I love Pete Carroll. Um, so, you know, if, if you look at what he's working with, you know, it is an impressive body of work. Um, and Russell Wilson cannot get off scot-free because of all the reasons that Jack mentioned. You know, he handpicked his team. You know, this team was everyone said this, this this team is this roster is one quarterback away from competing in the AFC and potentially winning a Super Bowl um you know we saw it in the offseason when Aaron Rodgers was rumored to go there you know oh my god this is it this is it you know I had the legit quarterback and this is where we're going um you know Russell Wilson does have some some things to answer for but at the same time the play calling has been atrocious I think they're the worst red zone offense in the NFL yeah. um and that's that's all coaching I mean Russell Wilson can only do so much. Um, he's not the Russell Wilson from the Legion of Boom. Obviously, he's not going to scramble around and give you four or five more seconds before he throws it downfield. Um, he's just not that guy anymore, I don't think, athletically. But he still throws a pretty ball. He's still an accurate quarterback. And uh, I think you can win with Russell Wilson. Yeah, because Russell's going to make those plays for you. And I would take Russ and Brady over Geno Smith in the last two minutes of a fourth quarter. But – Jackson, we got to get into a commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to keep talking about quarterbacks. And would you rather next on Out of Pocket with Michael Davis? on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. We're talking football with John Cox and Jackson Cordray. And next week, starting October 14th, you are going to be able to hear Out of Pocket with Michael Davis as part of the TGI Friday lineup. That's going to be debuting on WWBG 1470 AM out of Greensboro, all across the triad. That includes Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. That includes The Score with Brett Wiseman. That includes the franchise players with hosts J.P. Monday and Ryan Stone. And a Friday Night High School basketball showcase is going to be running as well this fall. This is big stuff for Tobacco Road Sports Radio, big stuff for Out of Pocket. I'm excited to be sharing all this stuff with the triad area. And in the last segment, we were talking quarterbacks. We were talking Obviously, Russell Wilson or Geno Smith. So that started to spark a conversation because there's probably about four teams in the NFL right now who have questions at quarterback. And one of those is the New York Jets of all teams have been kind of surprisingly good or at least, you know, playable with Joe Flacco at the helm. Zach Wilson, I believe, returned this week. But whether he's 100% healthy or not, 
I want to know who would you take, Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco this season? If I, I mean, I think I, t- I think you got to take Zach Wilson, right? Zach Wilson, the younger guy, much younger guy, the potential, the future of the franchise. Joe Flacco, for all of his, you know, whatever he is, right? I think you got to take Zach Wilson. He was 18 for 36 last game with two picks at a touchdown. Uh, he had some bright moments. He had some not great moments. I think we all agree to that. But here's the thing. When it comes down to it, you got to go with the younger guy. You got to give him the opportunity to shine. Um, John, what do you think here? Uh, whenever you make an investment like a second overall pick on a guy like Zach Wilson, um, you know, the clock kind of starts ticking for an organization um, from an employment standpoint. So I think I agree with you on this one. You absolutely have to start Zach Wilson in this situation. Um, see what you're working with talent wise. See if you need to move off. Um, the worst place you can be in the National Football League is kind of stuck with a middle of the pack quarterback guy. Um, you know, it kind of takes me back to the uh, like the Cutler Chicago Bears years where they just never figured it out whether or not Cutler could play, and they ended up in like this weird limbo era forever. Um, so I think it's kind of nowadays in the nfl it's hey let's figure out this guy can play if you can't let's move off of him if you can let's develop him let's get him in there um i would personally go wilson but i also do think the upside is there you know he's a he's a smart kid he's a super athlete as well um i would i would definitely go wilson all the way here now with wilson i believe he is the future or you're trying to figure out if he's the future i just hope he's fully healthy and Another controversy that we have right now is the Steelers have went towards their first round pick of this year's draft, Kenny Pickett, uh, over Mitchell Trubisky, which I've said ever since he was in the league that Mitchell Trubisky would not work out in the NFL. And obviously, Steelers have had rough luck with quarterbacks going back to the offseason where Dwayne Askins was killed. So, you know, we're trying to find life past Big Ben. Who are you? Who are you starting this year? Are you starting the rookie Kenny Pickett, or are you going to let him learn behind, I guess, Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I'm starting Kenny Pickett. Here's the thing: I found this hilarious. Kenny Pickett was 10 for 13 with three interceptions. The ball didn't touch the ground when Kenny Pickett threw. That is a Madden stat line if we've ever heard of one. This guy. I mean, did, okay, okay. There were like three interceptions. His, his oh, dude, I mean, he, three didn't throw interceptions. A single, he didn't throw a single incompletion, guys. Okay. <laughs> Not a single incompletion. So Kenny Pickett had some good moments, though. I mean, I, I watched the tape back. He had some great moments. Um, I definitely start Kenny here. Mitchell Trubisky's not the answer. I think we can all state that. Mitchell Trubisky has never been the answer. When he was the second pick coming out of North Carolina, I didn't like the guy. I mean, I'm telling you, Kenny Pickett, I didn't think he was that great. He was, he was my QB three or four, four coming out of uh, college. I think this guy's – I think he's going to be okay for the Steelers. I think you got to give him time to develop. Uh, his short hands may be an issue. Two gloves. Who knows if that's going to help him at all. I don't like it. But here's the it thing. It didn't you help Tay Kenny Bridgewater. Well, say that again? Sorry. <laughs> it, it didn't help Tay Bridgewater with the uh, – Oh, no, 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 no. But, John, you mentioned on uh, – you mentioned on Zach Wilson, like – you know, you got to figure out what you want. Is that the same thing here with Kenny Pickett? I think it's a little different when you're investing like a lower first round draft pick. Um, but at the same time, like this roster is set up with some veteran talent with also an infusion of young guys. They're kind of in that rebuilding area too. Um, it wouldn't hurt to throw Pickens in. Um, 
or pick it in and, and see what happens. Trubisky is obviously not the answer. Um, I didn't hate Trubisky coming out of college. Uh, I don't have that, that Duke bias like you do. Um, you know, if you could play or whatever. Um, but okay, I'm I'm just saying, like <laughs> Trubisky flopped in Chicago. He was it, what a one two year wonder in UNC. Sam Howe is a one year wonder. One year wonder. He was a playoff quarterback in Chicago his rookie year oh, with okay. with Matt Nagy. So it's it, that's coming okay. out. Pe- people are so saying Baker Dalton, Mayfield. Guys, I mean, come on, we can keep going down this list. Yeah. People were saying Baker Mayfield took the Browns to the playoffs. Yeah, Baker Mayfield look, made look, the look what he's doing for the Panthers. What are we talking right about here? Where's Baker Mayfield now? Sitting in the bench <laughs> in Carolina. Come on now, guys. Now, now I did bring up Sam Howe. He is, I believe, in Washington right now, but they're not talking about putting Carson Wentz down for Sam Howe. They were actually looking at Cam Newton, according to reports this week. Do you go and sign a very washed Cam Newton? I know we have a lot of Panthers fans who are listening in. Or do you do you just ride out with Carson Wentz? You you ride it out with Wentz. Cam Newton is is not the answer. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show. I've never seen a a fan base with like a weirder connection to an NFL quarterback than Panthers fans have with Cam Newton. Um, you know, Cam Newton's always the answer, but. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, he has his upside and his enormous downside. Um, I say let Carson Wentz play. As as someone in his division, I say let Carson Wentz play. And and now for clarification, with Cam Newton to Washington, that was pressed on by a lot of fans, like on social media and everything. Cam Newton hasn't had a workout as of this show on Friday afternoon. But Jackson, do you look at Cam Newton with his history with Ron Rivera? Yeah, I messaged you. I mean, this is probably six months ago, Michael, when the whole Russell Wilson trade went down. I said, you know, if Seattle brings in Cam Newton, I think he can play a little bit. I think he's an all right processor. I don't think I don't think he's as bad as people say. I think you bring him in, give him Ron Rivera, who's not a you know, who's his bowl coach, right? Right. Mm-hmm. His bowl coach. I think he can be okay. I wouldn't give up a Carson Wentz, though. I like Carson Wentz. I think he's okay. I think he's okay. He's uh he's our Jay Cutler right now, right? Right, we just made a Jay Cutler reference. He's Jay Cutler, guys. So, so, so you're just going to ride that mediocrity? Oh yeah, you ride that out. <laughs> you ride that out. You hope and pray you hit on a number twelve pick on a quarterback, and you keep it mm. pushing. All right, you keep it pushing. Maybe Carson Wentz has a little bit of upside. Maybe he gets you to ten and seven. Maybe, but you got to have a great supporting cast around him. I'd keep Carson Wentz. If you go after Cam Newton, you're really not doing anything. You know, spectacular. You're not going, you know, you're not raising the floor. Yeah. There, I, don't, there's I don't really no, see the whole purpose of that. Yeah. There's no ceiling, like you said, that you would raise with bringing a Cam Newton in. Plus, you know, Cowboys are three and one right now. The Giants are surprisingly three and one right now. The Eagles are four and oh right now. I know John's happy about that. We'll have a uh, NFC East showdown next week. And John and I will talk about that hopefully on next week's show. But speaking of the NFC East, Jerry Jones said he wanted a quarterback controversy. And long-term, there's not. Dak Prescott's still getting paid $40 million. Cooper Rush is the only quarterback in Dallas Cowboys history. A rich history of Roger Staubach, Troy Aitman, Tony Romo. The list goes on. Cooper Rush is the only Cowboys quarterback to win his four first four starts as a starter for the Cowboys. And... On top of that is the first quarterback since the merger to 
win his first three games with a fourth quarter or overtime game winning drive. He's been impressive. I I will tell you, I didn't even like really believe in Cooper Rush. I was like, maybe we should give Will Greer a shot. I'm but I'm glad I was wrong. I I will admit when I'm wrong on my very own radio show. But the question is becoming: Does Dak Prescott start Sunday against the Rams, or do you ride Cooper Rush? People are asking if you should start Dak Prescott against the Eagles the following week or Cooper Rush. And guys, my take on this as a Cowboys fan is you're facing a very intense front seven for the Rams, followed by an intense front seven by the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you have a guy, your star quarterback, 40 million, you know, nursing a hand injury, a thumb injury, trying to grip the ball, you do not put him out on the field. Like, We've been very fortunate with Cooper Rush leading us to three straight wins. We're three and one. And if worse comes to worse and Cooper Rush starts these next two games and we lose, we're still three and three and have a chance. I don't want to put Dak out there prematurely and then we lose him for perhaps the rest of the season. Yeah. And you don't want to take a chance that Dak isn't right. You know, like he is, well, you know, just last year, Seattle had the huge, Russell Wilson had the injury on Thursday night football was out for five weeks, rushed his injury, right? Rushed it, came back, wasn't good the rest of the season. Everything was off. It felt all – his accuracy was off, ball placement. It was just bad. It was bad. Cooper Rush has been phenomenal, if we're being honest, right? He's been phenomenal. He's played well. He's played way above expectations. Some may even call him a little bit like Geno. He has been great. Uh, I just mentioned Will Greer casually. Uh, that is a <laughs> wild – a wild thought, but no, Cooper Rush has played very well, very well. He's one of the most intelligent quarterbacks in the NFL. His processing's good. I think he's very, I think he's very talented. When talk to any offense, any coach that has looked at Rush, they'll tell you the same thing. That's been the rumor gone around the league that he has aspects of Kellen Moore in him, of just the offensive coordinator. So he's got, he, he's very, very intelligent. I think he's a solid quarterback. I don't think there's controversy. I think you take a couple weeks, you get back, back to rest. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it is a completely Jerry Jones brain moment to say and welcome a quote unquote quarterback controversy. Um, you know, as an Eagles fan, I can tell you quarterback controversy is not good. Um, you know, we had to go through it when Nick Foles was here for two years and we had Carson Wentz. Um, it's not the most fun thing in the world to deal with, um, especially as a fan base. Um, but I want to ask you, does it kind of remind you of when Tony Romo was coming back, Dak Prescott's rookie year? It was kind of a longer table and he was working with a larger body of work. But I think around like week mid-season, mid-late season, Tony Romo was good to go. And there were some questions about whether or not Tony should play or Dak could play. Does this kind of remind you of that at all? Or is it like a totally different level with Cooper Rush and Tony Romo? I, I see I see similarities. I do, because nobody expected that season for Dak Prescott to come in as a fourth round rookie quarterback and just take the league by storm. But Dak was putting up offensive rookie of the year numbers. You would say borderline MVP for what a first year quarterback would be expected. And he had Ezekiel Elliott, who was running the best year of his career, still is his rookie year. You had a defense that was kind of jailing, not going to lie. That was, that was a really impressive time. And 
the the team got a fresh energy from a younger quarterback, Dak Prescott, because you know Romo had been hurt the last few years, and they're like, oh, you know, whenever Romo got hurt, you knew it'd be Kellen Moore, or you'd be John Kitna, or it'd be Mark Sanchez. Like you'd have these like mid-tier, like very obscure veteran quarterbacks or quarterbacks who just didn't have a lick to their name. Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton, golly. And the only thing good about Kyle Orton was his last name remind me of a WWE superstar. Like, come on now. I mean, it, it, it was rough, but Dak Prescott brought fresh energy and new blood, and it like sparked this entire team. With this situation, I don't want to rush Dak back. But I feel like Dak Prescott's job is safe, but he is he is watching because the last time Dak Prescott was on the field was Sunday Night Football Week One, and on your own home turf, you lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nineteen to three. And I came on the show afterwards, and I was like, I have nothing good to say about the Cowboys' performance. Like you could let li- you could list out all thirty one NFL teams and the like. Okay, what did they do well? What can you build off of? And week one, you had nothing to build off of. Dak got hurt, and Tyron Smith got hurt. You don't have Amari Cooper. You don't have Michael Gallup. And it just looked like the whole world was ending, and you should just put a pitchfork in the season already. But Cooper Rush has brought life back. But it's a different kind of life. Cooper Rush isn't the permanent answer. But I would say that Cooper Rush has given Dallas Cowboy fans hope that there's a chance that when Dak comes back, if Dak plays to ways being paid and if Dak plays to his full ability and this defense, man, this defense is top of the line. It's, it's, it's incredible. We wouldn't be where we are without this defense. I feel like Dak coming back will give that extra spark, but I don't want it these next couple of weeks. I, I want to make sure his thumb is 110% okay. I'm okay with Cooper Rush these next couple of weeks. You know, it's, I mean, it's really important that if you look at it from a divisional standpoint, they didn't lose ground playing Cooper Rush, which is mm-hmm. just all you can ask for when, when a guy like Dak Prescott, your franchise guy, goes down. Don't lose ground in the divisional race, which – Obviously, being three and zero, he did not. So, yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be quite a division race. Obviously, Cowboys beat the Giants not this past week, the week before. Cowboys play the Eagles next week, so it's 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 going to be tight right now in the division. But we have to go to a commercial break. When we come back, yes, we are talking more football, and John Cox and I are going to talk about some games we're going to look forward to and some of the keys for those aspects next on our pocket with Michael Davis on tobacco road sports radio and tobacco road sports radio.com. Welcome back to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Joined by John Cox. Thank you, Jackson Cordray, for hopping into the show. Glad he was okay and safe and sound from the hurricane. Just a reminder that Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, as part of the TGI Friday lineup for Tobacco Road Sports Radio, is going to be also on WWBG 1470 AM across the triad starting next Friday at 4 o'clock. It's going to be the score with Brett Wiseman 
franchise players with hosts J.P. Mundy and Ryan Stone and Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, of course. I've been so thankful for the opportunity with Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Excited for the growth. This is awesome. Thank you, producer Desmond Johnson, for getting all that sword. And now we have to look forward to the weekend. And I know we've all been working towards the weekend. And we have some really, really good matchups in the NFL right now. And we just got done talking about Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Who do you play? And the Cowboys play at Los Angeles against the Rams, which is, is going to be good. But, John, it's going to be about can Cooper Rush continue to play well if they do choose to start Cooper Rush, which I believe they should, or do the Super Bowl champions finally start to get back on track? Uh, watching the uh, – what was that? The Monday night game, Rams 49ers, mm-hmm. um, that, was, that was a tough watch. Uh, kind of watching the Rams offense really just like regress from what we've seen from Sean McVay's offense the past three years. Um, but, you know, if you look at it, like, I don't know if Dallas's defense is any worse than the 49ers. Um, they're going to get after Stafford. You know, they had O-line problems. They've got digs on the back end. Um, you know, I, I don't love this matchup for the Rams. I think on paper, sure, the Rams are a better team if you just picking roster for roster. But if you look at it, like this might be a weird matchup for the Rams in particular or for the, for the, yeah, for the Rams. I think the Cowboys have a good chance. Um, wow. in that. Now that is a Philadelphia Eagles take on that game. And John, this, this game worries me just because I feel like the Rams have looked bad and they are coming on a short week after losing the 49ers, but after being embarrassed by the 49ers, like they were, I feel like Sean McVay can just, I feel like Sean McVay can outcoach Mike McCarthy in a lot of ways, but it's really going to come down to penalties, number one. I feel like that's why we beat Washington is we didn't commit as many penalties as the commanders. And is Sean McVay or Dan Quinn going to win that coaching battle? Whoever has the better offense or better defense, that that's what's going to happen. And I'm I'm fingers crossed we start Cooper Rush and – the Rams, I feel like we'll eventually get their you know, wills going. I just don't want it to be this week, man. I really don't. Uh, we were talking about some quarterbacks earlier. Do you start Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco? We were talking about the Tua situation, the opening segment, and how the NFL should think about you know, moving away from Thursday night football here in the future. But we have the Dolphins at the Jets. Dolphins playing up north in the New Jersey. And, John, what does this team look like with Teddy Bridgewater instead of Tua? And do you give them a win over their division rival? Um, I really love the Dolphins this year. They're Um, good. They're so much fun to watch. They are. They're great. They're fun to watch. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater can throw slants and uh, ins, which are what, you know, Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill are, are known for taking to the house uh, for. Um, so I don't think, you know, the Jets, they're still building. They're still getting there. Um, I respect uh, their head coach, Sala, so much. Um, big fan of Sala. Um, I think they're trending in the right direction. Um, I still think they're a year or two away from being where the Dolphins are right now. 
Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I just think that with the weapons the Dolphins have, and when I say weapons, I'm including Tyreek and I'm including Waddle, but I'm also including their head coach. Their head coach mm. might be the smartest coach in the NFL. Mike McDaniel. Um, yes. I don't, I don't know if that's an out-of-pocket take. Um, I, if you- I, don't, I don't know. Like, I'm very impressed with this team. I don't know if a lot of coaches in the NFL could have taken Tyreek Hill, which a lot of people thought he'd have a down year moving away from Patrick Mahomes, taking Jalen Wall and giving Tua like the reins. Like, hey, we drafted you, we believe in you. And I feel like McDonald's instilled that confidence in Tua, you know, depending on whatever, you know, findings the NFL has. You know, I don't think that's an out of pocket take. I think McDaniel is in the running right now for coach of the year. Yeah. To me, it's it's a lot like Top Gun. You know, Maverick says it's not about the, <laughs> about the pilot. I think this matchup is all about the pilot. Um, I think Daniels can get it done. Um, you know, if you just like look at this, the little stuff he does, you know, like you know he'll bring a fullback onto the field and, a, and another running back onto the field, and then he'll line up in an empty set, and now you've got like this this big heavy defense trying to match up with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great stuff like that. Um, I also saw that. He would coach his uh, receivers when he was the receivers coach with a uh, Allen Iverson crossover tape. Um, oh wow! <laughs> so you know, instant fan here, but just like listening to him talk, you know, about football, it's very, you know, of course, it's McVay esque. You know, he comes from that that Washington Redskins uh, coaching tree that was there all those years ago with McVay and Lafleur and uh, McDaniel's as well. You know, I think he's just all those guys for some reason just super smart football guys and i really love what they're doing you know with their star players and even the more surprising thing is you said they were a part of that washington tree washington did nothing with that like washington really missed out on you know taking full advantage of all those masterminds in because they, they're the future of the nfl you know we're still seeing how Lafleur's playing out with the packers and aaron Rodgers because he's really i think he's kind of like being you know, sort of associated with Aaron Rodgers, like much like the Buccaneers, however Rodgers goes, the Packers go. But wow, Washington missed out on a chance. But I feel like the 49ers have fallen into a second chance. Of course, unfortunate. We mentioned last week, Trey Lance's season-ending injury, and you're going to have to wait another year to figure out that. The Panthers – have Baker Mayfield right now, and they're struggling offensively. Nothing's going their way. DJ Moore, ice cold. The offensive line hasn't gelled like they wanted to. They're coming off a loss to the Cardinals. 49ers coming off a very impressive win over the Rams on Monday Night Football. So who needs the bigger game? Is it Baker Mayfield to get back on track or Jimmy Garoppolo to get the fan base and the team behind him? Oh, without a doubt, it is there's more riding on on Baker Mayfield this game. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got you've got reporters asking Matt Rule whether or not Sam Darnold is good to go and healthy to play. That, <laughs> who, you know, and you know, I'm not a, a Sam Darnold hater or whatever, but you know, that should tell you a little bit about where the Panthers' offense is at right now. Um, but you know, it's it's also you know what's what's Matt Rule's deal here um, as a coach. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, the time's like coming down. I said week eight; it might be week six at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's been rough for them. 
Um, so I, you know, Jimmy G is, is doing enough to get his wins in his division. Um, and before that, so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think you, that there's more pressure on Jimmy here. I think it's a lot more pressure on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And Jimmy G's looked, I mean, he looked okay this past week against the Rams, not too great, not too bad. Again, win that game. A couple weeks ago, I believe, I want to say it was the Colts who they were playing a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was the Broncos. Yeah, they, it, was, it was the Broncos. They lost 11 to 10. Yeah. And another great Thursday night game, I think. Oh, <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, you know, he needs a couple weeks to get. And the team needs a couple weeks too. You know, you go from two completely different types of quarterbacks, Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were able to figure it out last week against the Rams. And they have a pretty good opportunity against the Panthers this week. And John, I I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are Panthers fans, and they're they're just really tired of they're tired of the rules. They're they're tired of playing by the rules. They're tired of Matt Rule. They're they're just they're just waiting and they're anticipating like Monday morning, waking up to the notification. Matt rule has been let go by the Panthers. Grant, I don't know who you're going to put in as your interim. Cause you definitely don't want Ben McAdoo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, John, you, uh, you seem to be happy right now. You know, your Philadelphia Eagles are four and right now. The only, the, the only team four and I'd, didn't need you to remind me, but you know it's okay that you did. You know, Cowboys are only three and one, so just a game back. Season season's still early, yeah. And the Philadelphia Eagles traveled to Arizona to play Kyler Murray, and I'll be honest, a struggling Cardinals team. You know, without DeAndre Hopkins, I think Murray and Hopkins are going to find their groove once Hopkins comes back from his six game suspension. But y'all, y'all get the Cardinals. This week, and as of now, you're favored by five points on the road. How do you see this game going? Um, I think, uh, you know, it's it's probably a homer take, but, you know, I think the Eagles win this game. Um, if you want to look at it like this, I think their O-line is better than their O-line, and I think their D-line is better than their D-line. Um, you know, Games the, won and lost in the trenches. A- absolutely, and I think that is a huge philosophy of the Eagles. GM Howie Roseman. Um, I think he understands how important the trenches are to a football game. Um, I don't know if you watched the Eagles this past um, Sunday, but um, you know we had a, a third string guy playing left tackle, and it wasn't a problem for them. You know this team is is super deep. Uh, I'm a little worried about um, our left tackle being out against the Cowboys when you've got a guy like Mika Parsons coming off the edge. Um, that is a little bit worrying. Um, but I think this week, you know, you never know in the NFL any given Sunday. So you want to give every team their due, but on paper, again, you just want to go team for team. The Eagles are the better team. Um, so if I had to guess, it's, it's probably not the most exciting game in the world, probably, uh, 27, 20, something like that. And Eagles 27, 20 would sound about right. You know, and other than the first week against Detroit, you have won your games by at least uh, one, like eight or more points. You know, Jacksonville was close with eight points. I I can still consider that a two possession game because the odds of Jacksonville making a two point conversion are pretty low. Um, but you know, you guys, I'm looking at your schedule, particularly back half the year. I feel like you should you should need to rack up your wins now against the Cardinals. 
you can face the Cowboys. I feel like that could go either way. But, you know, looking at the back half, you have the Giants twice. You have the Cowboys at Christmas Eve. The the Bears are, you know, pretty cupcake right now, but you'll have the Packers. You'll have the Titans, the Colts, and Thanksgiving time frame. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what your team does throughout the stretch. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, of course, you never want to chalk anything up because, you know, the like, to be completely honest, there is definitely a world where the Eagles go 0-2 their next two weeks and now they're sitting at 4-2. Like, that is totally a possibility. Um, but I do trust Jalen Hurts and this defense is absolutely humming right now. Um, Jaguars jumped out early. It was 14-0 to start the game. I don't know if you it saw was. that. Um, and the team just, just came back, fought through adversity. Played in a freaking hurricane. Um, and there, there's an old saying um, to let you know if a team is legit or not. I don't know if you've ever heard this, um, but it goes, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. And the Eagles have covered three straight games. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I'm more than happy with where they was at. So if, if, if I was a betting man and gambling was legal in North Carolina, which it's not, so I'm not going to do it, I, w- I would need to take the Eagles, you know, covering their five points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, John, it was great having you on the show. It was great having Jackson Cordray on. I just love talking football, man. This is the dream. I'm loving this. Again, next week, Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, a part of Tobacco Road's TGI Friday lineup. will be on WWBG 1470 AM. But you can also catch us here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, as well as looking up our episodes on Spotify and Apple and wherever you listen to your podcasts. But I hope everyone has a great weekend. Any of these games can go either way, just like John was talking about. And I'm excited for some football, and I hope you are. So have a great weekend.